All right, you do the countdown, and then I'll start. Three, two, Actually, let me get one. some water. <laughs> very first search for awesome podcast we have a lot of cool topics to discuss including casey neistat leaving bean what i think about the changes to the youtube partner program being a small channel myself movie pass changing its terms of service and our thoughts on movie pass as a service itself uh this one's actually kind of crazy definitely stick around for that one uh a light camera on indiegogo that we're going to talk about and lastly some questions that you guys have for us mikey how you doing man i'm, I'm doing okay over here i was wondering when you were going to introduce me but i mean that's fine just, just be quiet. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, love you, man. All right. Uh, before we get started, man, I had like a crazy thing happen right before we set up the stream. It was like one of those like heart wrenching moments where you're just like, did that just happen? I got these like new tripods. Like, um, see, here's, I, they literally just came in today. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, nice. But, and uh, they're really cheap tripods. I just got a bunch of them because I wanted. Anyway, long story. But there's this little like little thing here yeah. that like pops off or whatever. And I was trying to get it off with my camera and my like several hundred dollar lens on there. And I pulled the clip and literally like what happened was literally I like pulled this thing to pop it out and the camera just went <laughs> and it hit my desk. I think this wasn't like a soft fall where it was like just hit the carpet and it was like up one feet up no it hit like a like faux wood desk and it hit uh and then it hit my computer and then it hit the floor lens mm. first the most expensive part of the entire camera lens first and i was like my heart just like stopped but i gotta give panasonic a lot of credit because it like didn't even turn off it didn't really i had the screen i didn't have i had the screen out too it didn't break the screen it didn't break anything like it wow. put a dent in my desk but it didn't Actually, pretty, I'm that's pretty, pretty awesome. No, that's I mean, it's good quality product right there. Which which one is that? The Panasonic what? Uh, Lumix G7. Nice. It's like their cheap one too. It's like kind of old now. It's like only five hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. So like, if that one's pretty tight, then I'm sure like the GH5 and all the other ones are pretty good too. Well, guys, this is Mikey. He has been a longtime friend of mine. You might recognize him if you've seen a few vlogs that I did like in the early days of the channel. Uh, honestly, he's one of the biggest reasons I started this channel. Uh, me and him were talking about it for a long time, and he's also the biggest reason why we're starting this podcast right now. We've been talking about this for a long time, and this is kind of like my excuse to get him in on the channel. Yeah. And our wives are best friends, so we have to see each other from time to time. So yeah. might as well make something out of it. Might so. as well make the best of it. Anyway, we've been friends for a long time, so he's going to be my co-host on this uh, the Search for Awesome podcast. We were talking, we're trying to think of like a funny story with us too. Did you have one, Mikey? You wanted to maybe uh, share? So I kept going back and forth, you know, uh, back to when the first time we actually had a real conversation, right? Because we we kind of had the same group of friends, um, and we all kind of hung out together, but we didn't really talk a whole lot. There, there came a point where we had to run in a car together and we ended up having our first conversation. I thought, I was like, you know, that's a great story. That's so cool. We're sitting in a car talking about really dumb stuff. Everybody wants to hear that. Sure. Wait. Um, no, nobody wants to hear that. They'd probably better be better off to hear the story of the time, uh, Titus stranded himself in a bathroom with no mm -hmm. toilet paper. Um, 
I, I feel like the emotion behind this, it might be better for you to explain a little bit about that story. Okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> um, me, uh, we were visiting, uh, me and my wife were visiting uh, my good friend Mikey, right across from me right now. Uh, flew all the way there. Out of the no, we didn't fly there. What did we do? We drove there. I yeah. don't remember. I don't even remember what happened. How did we get there? Anyway, uh, we go to this restaurant, and while we're waiting for food, I'm like, you know, this is a good time to just get away, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get too graphic, but to relieve myself, probably not a good impression of the podcast because this is kind of going to get gross. Uh, but we're going to leave the graphic details out of this and, as best uh, as I'm possible. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to stay high level here. But basically, what happened is I went to go relieve myself in the bathroom, and I discovered. Uh, there was no toilet paper in the stall, and I was just totally stranded. And right before that happened, I remembered that Mikey told me his phone was dying. And that was like an hour ago he told me his phone was dying. So I was like, I can't contact Mikey. Then I realized I had my wife's phone. And I was like, <laughs> so I can't contact her. And like, I need help. And I uh, so I was like, I'll contact Mikey's wife's phone. And literally nobody came to help me. I was in there for... 30 minutes. 30 minutes, Mikey. And did you ever get concerned? So Okay, so let me tell my side. So he goes to the bathroom. Mind you, I have three kids. We're talking. Our food comes. It doesn't seem like 30 minutes to me. It seems like it's been like maybe 10. And what actually happened with the phones is my wife, Lauren, her phone died. And my phone still had some battery left. And so I'm waiting for him to message me. And I'm like, I guess nothing's wrong because he's not messaging me. So I just continue on. Like I said, it's been like 10, maybe 15 minutes max in my mind. You know, I wasn't clocking him. You know, from the minute he went to the bathroom, I went like, let me start the clock now. I'm not really concerned of how long he wants to spend in the bathroom. Yeah, and by the way, you were halfway done eating your... Like, you got your food in that time. You were halfway done eating it. And st- just just <laughs> throw out some details that are kind of important to this whole story. Okay. Some little indicators that might have helped you out to realize that you're a good friend here. Okay. <laughs> just saying. So, I mean, I'm sitting there eating my food. And literally halfway through my burger... Titus walks out and he's got this look on his face of like, he doesn't know how to feel. He doesn't know whether to be angry, disappointed, worried, hungry. He, I mean, he just, he looks lost. And, and so he looks at me, he goes, um, you didn't, you didn't think to check on me once, not, not even once. And I honestly thought, no, I, I didn't. I thought you were good. I figured you would message me if you were not. Um, so we, we kind of go on and on for a minute about that um, as he finally gets to start eating his cold burger because he took way too long in the bathroom. Um, he pulls out his camera and he's like, I want you to apologize to me on camera. Naturally, me being me, um, as you'll learn to know about me, I wasn't going to apologize on camera. No matter how wrong or not I may have been, it just it wasn't going to happen. 
because I knew the only thing that would make this situation better is if I made him more frustrated. Well, you, you, you did a, you did a good job, man. Yeah. But anyway, you we've been good friends for a long time. Sorry to start out with our relationship and the story uh, <laughs> or uh, this whole thing with a little bit of an ooh, and that's about as ooh you the threshold this. Uh, Search for podcast. The search for awesome podcast is going to be. So please forgive me if that grossed you out. And uh, we're just going to jump into the news and what's happening right now. So Casey Neistat has left Beam. If you know anything about Casey, this is a really big story. Um, Mikey, did you know about Beam, by the way? So I did. I thought it was really interesting because I thought he created Beam. Yeah, him and a him and a friend slash partner kind of started it. It was kind of like a tech thing. Um, and what's interesting is it was a Snapchat competitor. So what it started out, you'd make like short videos to share with your friends. Well, that didn't work out because Snapchat's like massive and super successful. And even Snapchat's struggling right now with Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out. They had to shut it down. CNN bought them, I think, for $25 million, what I heard, which was a weird move. And they ended up starting a YouTube channel uh, called Beam News. So they started doing news. Um, and it was basically just a news channel trying a different approach. And although I've heard people compare it to vice which i've never watched vice but people say it was kind of like vice uh, it was at least okay. somewhat successful it had like lower 250,000 subscribers and each video had like over 100,000 views but for whatever reason casey has decided to leave and the com- beam is going to be absorbed into cnn i think they're keeping the youtube channel when casey talks about it it, he, it sounds like it was a mutual decision it sounds like he wasn't really he loved the team but he didn't. He said he didn't operate well in it, which doesn't really surprise me. He considers the whole thing an L or a loss for himself. But um, um, and I probably missed some details. But that's basically the gist. So, what are your thoughts on all this, uh, Mikey? What do you think about? This I mean, thing with I'm, I'm not really surprised. I even in areas where he has teams, I don't feel like he works that well with teams. He's a good, you know, mm-hmm. go it alone kind of guy. And that's not a bad thing. I just feel like he's a, I do things my way and get them done. And having a team of people, I feel like kind of gets in his way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I don't see him as a guy who operates well on a team. Not that it's a bad thing. He does awesome stuff by himself or with really small teams. I don't know him personally, obviously. Uh, one day. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, he's... Uh, I think that it was one of those things that, like, it was inevitable. I think even when he started it, even when he was trying to compete with Snapchat, like, I think most of us thought that he was probably, he slash the company wasn't going to make it. He's not a tech guy. Yeah. And he was trying to do a tech thing. And he just, you know, it was interesting. But here's what's kind of cool about the whole Beam thing is he actually credits Beam, which I I do believe he did this early on and now, uh, with the reason why he started his vlog to begin with. And so if there was no Beam... You know, there would be no Casey Neistat vlog. And I think it's kind of cool that that something that, you know, ended up not working out, ended up manifesting to something that's really cool. I I personally think he does better when he's by himself or with a small team. Um, Or he just has this crazy idea and there's this team of people that help him do that idea versus where it's like him and a team trying to figure out a problem. Um, but again, I don't know him personally, but you know, that, that's how I, that's, that's my feel in the whole thing. Yeah. But I, I feel like maybe we do know him kind of well. I mean, when you watch somebody's vlogs so many times, um, even ones that kind of stage their vlogs, not saying Casey does by any means, um, but there definitely are some out there. Um, 
So whether it's a real life vlog or more of a stage vlog, you still get to see their personality and learn a lot about them. Um, just because you're seeing a lot of their life day in and day out. So I feel like we kind of do and do know enough about Casey to say that when we see him work with other people, it seems like it's, it's more strained than when he's just doing his own thing. He's got that rebel spirit to yeah. him. And I think that's what we all admire about him. So I don't, even though he sees this as a loss, like a, you know, a loss on his record. I, I personally think one, it was inevitable. I don't think it was, it, it was out of his skill set, And I think that, uh, He's better off without it. I mean, I'm sure you learn a lot from it, and he wouldn't trade it for anything. But I think he, I'm really excited to see what he does next. But I will say, uh, him and his tech-minded partner that started Beam are both leaving. Um, oh, there wow. are some employees that may not uh, make it to CNN, so I think they're only extending job offers to select employees. So he uh, didn't feel great for them. But hopefully, he'll focus more on his personal brand than trying another startup. But we'll see. Who knows? Anyway, uh, this one, this next one is not really real news anymore. Uh, it's about a week or a week and a half old now, but YouTube made some changes to their partner program, and I, I didn't want to talk about it, but I feel like because I am a small YouTube channel, I feel like I can actually talk about this in a way that, like, I, I've been hearing, like, all the million-plus channels talk about this, and I, I just, I don't know. And a lot of them have used this as an opportunity to kind of crap on YouTube, just for lack of a better term anyway basically right now uh youtube is requiring a th uh, uh to get monetization uh 1000 subscriptions uh to your uh, to your channel and 4000 hours of view time in a year period this appears to be in response to logan the whole logan paul thing that happened i don't want to hash that but it was kind of a crappy thing that all happened and from also what i understand is also done uh in response to bots so like a lot of like um you know people were creating these bot channels and they would just create channels and create channels and re-upload videos and get ad money because they could easily get monetized and they would make little pennies, but they would make pennies across thousands of channels. And it was basically stealing money from YouTube and from creators. And so this was a way to make it much harder for bots to do that. It's not exactly clear why YouTube did this, but those are the two things that seem to be triggering it. I think as a small YouTuber, I can offer you guys some perspective. I, for those of you who think this is a big deal, I'm going to have to disagree. I People have been giving YouTube a lot of crap because of this, and I think that's, you know, fine. You know, you're up to, it's your opinion, but I am totally okay with this. So I would like to say on this subject, though, because uh, it's been kind of frustrating me, I f feel like it's not that big of a change, and I feel like people expect, like, just an environment where they can just make videos, whatever they want, and whatever it's about, and they just expect YouTube to just pay them money. That's not how life works. You don't just create a product, put it in a store, and expect it to sell, and then be mad because you're not making money off of it. That's not how that works. Like, if you make a product and it goes on Walgreens shelves, right, and it doesn't sell at Walgreens, it's not Walgreens' fault. You need to revise your product. So if it's... It, uh, yeah, and then maybe it's not meant to be a Walgreens. Maybe it's meant to be somewhere else. You know, so same thing with YouTube. If if the style of your content doesn't work with these new rules, then maybe your content is better suited for somewhere else. I, I just don't see an environment where we feel like it's unfair for them to set rules. It's the same concept as uh, like TV shows, right? If they don't get the certain amount of views, uh, the airtime, then they don't 
they, their show gets canceled because it's pointless to add commercials to that because nobody's seeing those commercials to make that money. So I don't see where, you know what I'm saying? I don't see where the incentive for YouTube is to keep you around if you can't meet these minimum requirements. I don't feel like they're unfair. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people have, it's not the 1,000 subscribers, it's probably more the 4,000 hours that people have a problem with because that seems like an insurmountable number. And I did the math. This is interesting. If you make just five-minute videos, just many videos that are five minutes long, you just need, now this might sound like a lot, but it really isn't in the scheme of YouTube, and I think it's totally fair. You need just 48,000 full viewings across all of your videos in one year to qualify. So five-minute videos, 48,000 views just to qualify in a year's time. I don't think that's unfair at all. No. That doesn't. That's not that many views to YouTube. And I even went a step further, and I just kind of did some rough calculations on how much ad money you'd be missing out on. Let's say, you know, you don't want, or, or let's say you're discouraged by this five or this uh, four thousand hour time limit because you're thinking all this money I'm going to miss out on all this money that I would have made during that first four thousand hours. This isn't even worth my time anymore. Just so you know, like. We're talking about I did the, if my math is right. We're talking about somewhere between a hundred and two hundred dollars that you're that YouTube is not going to pay you. That seems like a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Like a hundred two hundred dollars. If you gave me a hundred two hundred dollars right now, I would be grateful. But if I worked for an entire year for you, Mikey, and then you gave me a hundred or two hundred dollars, that's like a penny an hour. It's nothing. And like I know for my channel, like the first year, that's about what I made. Somewhere between a hundred and two hundred dollars in ad revenue. And it, like literally in the amount of time it took, it was like a penny an hour. It was barely anything. It like didn't do anything for me. That's enough to deter you from trying to make it on YouTube. This is going to sound like a little harsh, but I, I don't think you're going to make it at all. Like that's such a small, like it's, it's not small, but it is kind of small. It's not, it's achievable. It's, you know, it's, it's high enough of a, of like a thing for you to jump over to where it's a challenge, but it's achievable. I'd like to go back to the TV thing that I was talking about. Who would create a TV show and be concerned that they're not going to get enough views? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you wouldn't create a TV show thinking that you're, you're going to get a very low view rating. And so you're mad that they don't want to put your show on the air. Like that doesn't make any sense. You, mm -hmm. you, you create content to get the views. If you're only creating content just to get the money and you're missing the point of reaching the viewer so that way you can then make the money. I, I don't know where you expect to really go in life if you're just looking for the end goal instead of the process. The yeah. process is key. If you don't have a good process, that money is never going to last. No, it's not. And, and some of you guys might be wondering, does the search for awesome qualify? We're right now at 2,400 subscribers. So I met the subscriber goal, and you might be wondering, have I met the 4,000-hour goal? And this might actually surprise you. I've actually hit that target in the past 28 days. Forget the last year. In 28 days, I've had more than 4,000 hours. And this is a small channel. I'm not trying to brag or anything. This is a small channel. This is like, if I can do it, like, you can totally do it. So don't let this discourage you. Like, if that's, like... If it seems like a lot, like I'm telling you, if you just work at it for a year and you try to focus on content you think people really want to watch, uh, you'll hit it. Like, it'll take a while, especially when you're starting out from zero. Well, I, I think it's also um, mentionable that as great as these videos have been from this channel, 
I don't feel like any of them have been like viral videos. There's there's nothing that's been like all over the internet and and, and created all kinds of crazy you know buzz and everything. Um, yeah, no. So I don't think you have to have some crazy elaborate video that draws everybody in. You know, I I think if you're just putting in good content, putting in the time, taking you know the time and effort to listen to what people are saying and yeah. what people want. I mean, I think you can do it easily. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it'll take a while, but if you're patient and you're like you're consistent, you'll hit it. And like, and the past few months have been my biggest months of YouTube ever, and I've only uploaded one video every month for the past three months, which is kind of embarrassing. Which is why I'm starting the podcast, or we're starting the podcast, I should say. Um, you might be thinking. Last thing I want to mention about this, you might be thinking, you're only saying this because it doesn't affect you. That's why you're saying it's not a big deal. And the truth is, it actually does impact me personally because I actually have two channels that I'm wanting to start soon. One will be like a search for awesome extras channel where I put like excerpts from this podcast on, just like you know segments like this one on. That one's going to probably take at least a year, if not many years, before it's going to hit those numbers. But I'm playing the long game here. Like, I'm being consistent. I'm going to try to upload consistently and see if I can make it happen there. And that's not even going to be my main channel. I'm also considering doing, like, a gaming-related channel, whether uh, it's, like, gaming or something else. I've been talking about that for a long time, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. And those channels are going to take a lot longer to actually make any money now, but this does not deter me. It doesn't mean, like, well, now I just got to focus on the search for awesome. I'm just going to put all my video ideas on the search for awesome and then end up losing that audience because I have all these crazy ideas that aren't really relevant to my audience. The last thing I will say about this is I think Peter McKinnon said it best. Authenticity, generosity, creativity, community. These are the ingredients. These are the ingredients that are gonna help you succeed on this platform. 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch time hours. You got that, that's easy, that's the easy part. So Peter, Peter's such a positive guy. Uh, Mike, have you, you've heard of Peter McKinnon, right? Uh, briefly. Yeah, he's a vlogger, he's, also does like tutorial videos he's a really cool guy i definitely like him um one the last thing i want to mention about this is if you do make partner status there's going to be a lot more ad money for you to make because the pool just got smaller by cutting out a lot of the channels that aren't actually making it enough money for youtube to give them a cut anymore so there is some encouragement there if you can actually leap over that hurdle there's some good stuff on the other side all right the more bigger news of the week is about MoviePass. Now, what is MoviePass? MoviePass is a all-you-can-eat movie lover's dream. Uh, it's $19.95 a month, and basically you can watch as many movies in the theater as you want. Uh, you can watch one per day. There's some other limitations. You use an app, and they send you a debit card, and basically with those things, you can watch one movie a day. Uh, the big news here is they're changing some things, but they're not really bad changes. Um, but trust me, it gets really interesting when you think about the bigger picture here. And I definitely want your input on this, Mikey. Um, now, I want to point out, you have MoviePass, don't you? I do. I do. See? And, and, and so we came across this article the other day, and I was like, this is very crucial. We need to read into this. Because I not only is this important, but it's very personally important. The, the thing about MoviePass is it's creating a very unique service. The fact that I can just pay $20 and I can see over 20 movies in a month. Only one a day. But I mean... It's $9.95. Did I say $19.95? Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. It is $9.95. So $10. So I'm paying literally not even pennies for a movie 
Yeah, I mean, you yeah. see one to two movies, and you you're making money here. It's very lucrative. It's it's definitely a service that I feel like would easily make you loyal to them. Um, and I feel like that's important to go into these changes that that they're making within their terms of service. Yeah, man. So the, the big news here is uh, some things are changing a little. It's interesting. I got some of this information from Lifehacker, but it's kind of all over. There's a bunch of sites. I'll link them in the description. Uh, there's a couple of things that make sense. You can't sell movie tickets that MoviePass gives you to other people, which makes sense. Uh, you can't buy uh, things that aren't movie tickets with the money on the debit card, which I would never... I don't even know how you do that. It would be kind of hard to do that. Um, you also lose your movie pass if you ma- walk out of a movie more than once in a 30-day period, which I don't know how they would know that. But if you do it like twice in 30 days... See, I was thinking about that. Are, are they tracking you with the mobile app? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time an app's done that. Yeah, but if you just turn your GPS off, wouldn't you? they wouldn't even know, right? Mm. They're making some other changes. Again, I think this is all pretty fair. Like, if you cancel, you can't resubscribe for nine months. So you can't just buy it for the months you want movies to see and then disable it when you don't. They basically block you for nine months if you cancel. This is the biggest change. This is the one I want to talk about. This is the one that I've been, like, thinking about for the past two days getting ready for this podcast. This is the meat potatoes right here. Because this has huge implications for the movie industry as a whole. The biggest change is they are boycotting 10 of the biggest AMC theaters. Uh, so if you subscribe, you cannot go to any of the top, I think it's the top 10 AMC theaters. They're in like really hot spot areas. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any in my area, but they're like in, I think Los Angeles and New York, I think have some, and there's 10 total. Uh, you might ask, why are they doing this? This is a little odd. Well, the thing is, is they've been at war with AMC since launching. The CEO of AMC basically uh, I don't know what the right word is, but basically he disowned them. I don't know what the right word is. He, he he basically publicly said he hated them, but he didn't actually ever block MoviePass or attempt to block MoviePass. He still accepted the money that they were giving him, you know, when they were coming at the door, the free money from MoviePass. But, uh, but they went public saying that he didn't think it was good for the movie industry. He thought they were training people to pay less for movies and their business model wouldn't work. And eventually they would shut down. As of last October... They've had uh, 600,000 subscribers, and I even read somewhere, and I don't know if this is 100% true, but I've read somewhere that they have as many as 1.5 million subscribers uh, as of the most recent number, which is pretty big. Not surprising. But uh, the 600,000 last October is, I believe, confirmed. The 1.5 million, I'm not sure, is accurate. So the reason why MoviePass is doing this is they are cutting off these theaters from AMC, one, to get back at them, but two, because... They have come to AMC. I don't know if this is a rumor or if this is actually confirmed, but they want a portion of the profits from tickets and concessions from AMC. And AMC is like, nope. And they have gone on record saying this is never going to happen. And AMC uh, went on record basically, or sorry, MoviePass went on record saying they are sending millions of dollars AMC's way. MoviePass even claims it's something like 60% of AMC's business was coming from MoviePass. I don't think that could be possibly true. But at least it's a large enough portion where they think they deserve a cut. And basically, AMC is still profiting from MoviePass, and uh, they still haven't made steps to stop MoviePass. Uh, but this is MoviePass's first stance to take to kind of turn up the heat. And the big thing comes into they want a cut of the profits. That's where the meat of this whole thing is. And this goes back into what I was bringing up about the loyalty, right? So 
when you have your local theater that you go to all the time, I mean, you're loyal to that theater, right? So you, you're, you're going to go with them and, and stick by them because that's your theater. Um, even if it's, especially if it's like a way better theater than the other ones down the street, right? But when you have a service that you can only pay $10 a month and you can see up to 31 movies within that month and it's them or that theater you're going to pick the the cheap service. Yeah. It's yeah, it's you in are. your best interest. Why would you want to go spend more to go see movies over here because it's the cool theater versus actually getting a good deal? I mean, they're really smart. They they get they created this wonderful service. It's great and and they got a lot of followers and I think they knew this was going to be a problem way back in the beginning of this, when AMC publicly announced that they don't like movie pass, they knew they weren't going to get these profits, but they continued providing the service to these theaters so they could take it away and, and show AMC, we gave you this money and now we're taking it away. And now you're going to take a cut. Now, now these theaters are going to suffer because had they tried to play this move at the beginning, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. AMC would have yeah. like, uh, we're still getting all our customers here. It's not a big deal. Um, they wouldn't have been able to directly relate it to MoviePass. Right now, their, their sales are going to drop in the story. They're going to. I mean, people can say they what they want. But at, least a, at least a few percentage points. There's no way that they're going to pull from these theaters, and these theaters aren't going to take a hit. It's just impossible. This service has gotten way too big and way too popular. And I guarantee you in these areas where these theaters are, it's because there's, you know, they're condensed cities where you have a lot of people that go see movies a lot. So, so it's more than just a random theater. It's, it's these condensed areas where you have a lot of people go to theaters that are probably using the crap out of movie pass. And so with them pulling this, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how big a percentage is going to drop because I don't, have those numbers, but I can imagine it's going to be pretty significant. Oh yeah, and I mean, you think about it, these are people who are passionate about movies that yeah. get Movie Pass. So these are like AMC's cream of the crop, probably. Yeah. Anybody who would subscribe to Movie Pass thinks they're going to see more than two movies a month, yeah, and that's definitely. like AMC's cream of the crop. Um, but here's the kind of brilliant and messed up plan. So I've been wondering this whole time, like, how is Movie Pass going to become profitable? So like, when I got Movie Pass, as you mentioned earlier, I, me and my wife have Movie Pass. I was like, I'm just going to enjoy the party while it lasts because there is no way they're going to be able to turn this into a profitable business. I have actually gone 360 on this. I think they're going to not only be profitable, I think they are about to control the movie industry. And they did it by offering a super cheap service. Now here, just follow me. Just follow me. This is, I'm going taking a few leaps and I don't think that MoviePass is going to go on record saying this is their ultimate goal. But there's been some people who have been saying, like, okay, this is how MoviePass is going to make money. They're, they're hoping that people don't use it. They'll buy it, and they don't use it. But the problem is if they don't use it, they're going to cancel it. So that can't really be it. There's probably going to be a couple people that are going to actually, they're going to profit off of because they don't use it enough. But the, the, the vast majority they're going to lose money on. One ticket a month is enough for them to lose money. And we, t- we talked about this. We talked about, you know, maybe they're going to raise up the price at a later date. Yeah, that could be another way. I've also data mining. Like they're like, but I'm like, how much data can they possibly get to actually make up for losing out? Like getting half the money back for what they're selling. Yeah. Every customer they get, they're losing money on. So I was like, I can't. Like data mining will help, but it can't actually solve the problem. This right here, 
I think, is a sign of things to come. Just, just follow me here. By gaining more and more subscribers, MoviePass is getting more and more of the industry. And more and more people are not giving movie tickets in the traditional way. They are becoming the middleman of the majority of ticket sales as time goes on. And they control what I'm going to call the money faucet for <laughs> theaters. And if a theater doesn't want to play ball anymore, they can turn off the faucet. And they can put the heat on that theater. Or th- imagine how terrifying it would be for AMC if one of these 10 major theaters had to close. And by the way, one of the details I missed in this whole thing is MoviePass said, or because people were like, isn't this going to impact your customers? Some customers are going to want to go to those theaters. And they said, oh, don't worry. There are other movie theaters right in that neck of the woods for every single one of them they can go to that we do support. So they went through and handpicked and made sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the power right there. They gave all the power to AMC's competition. Imagine if one of AMC's biggest theaters closes down because of this. And as MoviePass grows, that possibility is going to become more and more a big deal. And if they can get AMC to commit which is the largest theater in the United States, by the way, if you don't live in the United States, everyone's going to commit. Yeah. Because, like, everyone's going to fall in line. Because if they get a deal with AMC, it's over. And they're going to control the movie industry. Like, if they can pull this off, I think this was the big play that they were working towards this whole time. They just wanted to get as many subscribers as they could, lose a lot of money, try to have enough money to bank to pay for all this, and then... They're going to control the billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar movie industry in the United States. I think it's brilliant, and I think they're on their way. But see, here's the other side of this, though. And, and I think it was a brilliant move. I completely agree with you there. But the other side of this is they are messing with AMC, was a very large company who has been at this for a very long time. Um who has a way larger legal team, I'm sure, than MoviePass does. So it's going to be interesting to see what AMC does. Because, I mean, it definitely seems like they've kind of backed them in a corner. But, I mean, when you back a very large company into a corner, um, they usually come out with cause. Uh, they usually don't sit down and take it lightly. This is not a small company that's going to be afraid of, you know, having to shut down their entire business. So they're going to just give in to whatever. I mean, we're talking AMC, so... We'll have to see where this goes. I mean, this is a very bold move on MoviePass's part. Um, I think they've definitely been planning this for quite a while now. This is not a lighthearted decision. They've been working on this plan for at least a year now, I can guarantee it. Oh, yeah. I I honestly think this was their play from the very beginning. Now, it is a bold one, and it could blow up in their face. AMC could work with all the theaters and decide together we're no longer going to accept MoviePass, and everyone's going to go with them because they don't want to do this. I'm, I, there's a lot of things that could happen, but I think MoviePass is definitely coming at them with a stance of power right now because they have power. Whether AMC likes it or not, they have a lot of power. And all the other theaters, whether they like it or not, they have a lot of power. Fortunately for the other theaters, MoviePass is not gunning for them just yet. Yeah. But once they get AMC on board, they're going to be next. And they might even become the exclusive partner of AMC for a while until the other theaters can come on board and... It'll be interesting. And uh, the other thing that could happen is AMC might just buy MoviePass altogether just to make the problem go away. Yeah. I don't know, but I think... Oh, one thing I did hear, I don't know if this is true, but I think I did hear that um, one of the Netflix founders or big one of their big headwigs, or uh, I don't know what 
the word is one of their big big whatever one of the people <laughs> in charge of netflix whatever it was uh actually he uh, he's involved with movie pass and that's one yeah. of the reasons why i thought you know what like i don't know what they're doing but i kind of think they might be able to make it and now i'm starting to see what's going on i'm in two of camps of this one i think this is a bit of a dirty tactic a tactic um they're basically extorting amc right now i had to look up that word and I read the definition, and uh, um, basically it means to obtain something by force, threats, or other unfair means. And, like, that is absolutely what they're doing. Yeah, but, I mean, hasn't the movie theater industry been taking advantage of us? I mean, so well, that's the other tickets side. are, like, twice yeah. the price as just 10 years ago. I mean, it's, it's kind of a drastic change in yeah, cost. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my other thought, is, like, maybe this is actually good for the industry. Maybe it means more people are going to actually see movies in theaters now. Instead of the you know instead of the Netflix model or whatever, like if it's ten dollars a month and I can see as many as I want, you know maybe more people are going to spend more money on concessions, which could help theaters and could keep them busy. You know, like in those dry spells where they don't have a great movie, all of a sudden their seats are full. They're getting more consistent revenue. It can actually be good for them too. Even though Movie Pass is becoming the middleman, it could grow the theater industry as a whole. Um, and they might make be less making less on each ticket, but they're making it in volume. Yeah. And, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a local movie theater near us. Uh, they sell tickets through Groupon for five bucks and Groupon, I believe takes half or something like that. Uh, so they only make two or two or $2 and 50 cents per ticket when they do this. I believe something like that. They might ask like, how do they make money then? Cause that's not enough to make on a ticket. And they make money off the food. They're a dine-in restaurant. So they, honestly, like, I think they're at the point where they'd be willing to give people tickets if they would actually just buy a meal. Yeah. Because that will more than make up for the cost. So I think we're going to see more and more of that kind of stuff happen. And a lot of people, the dine-in restaurant or dine-in uh, movie theaters are popping up everywhere. And Movie Pass, like, that is like a match made in heaven right there. That's buka, like, awesome, like, amount of concession money they can make. Well, if you, if you think about it, I mean, most people go to the movie on the weekends, and even then, it's usually condensed down to, like, opening weekends for movies, right? But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you have your during the week where they're not that busy. I don't care what theater it is. I don't care what movie's out. Unless a movie just came out, like, two days prior, most people don't go to a movie on a Tuesday night. It's just not that common. But with yeah. Movie Pass, you be kind of dumb not to go so it gets it, get, it makes you more motivated to go on these days to where you're going to buy more concessions and stuff like that where normally you would have never gone because i'm i'm not gonna if i if i missed opening night i'm not gonna go on a random tuesday and spend all this money for no reason yeah no and here's what's this is actually really interesting for business as a whole also if movie pass can actually pull this off and end up controlling the movie industry as i'm you know obviously i'm kind of exaggerating but i really think this is their play like this could definitely happen what does this mean for business as a whole because like i could see like an all you can eat food a fast food thing like 20 bucks a month you can have as much fast food as you want or like whatever stipulations and now a company can come in and try to own the fast food industry i could see tons of these things opening up like a grocery one 100 bucks a month you can have as many groceries as you want at whatever grocery store you want you know well see the the difference i feel like there is when you when you're talking about this movie theater i mean they make revenue other places when you talk about like That's fast true. food and stuff they only make money off that food same with the grocery store they only make money off the stuff they're selling so if you're 
creating a subscription service for that, it would have to be significantly more for it to be worth it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, they make it back in volume and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, no, that's a good point. Like, maybe maybe physical goods aren't the best implication. But I think, you know, any kind of entertainment, like bowling, you know, go to any bowling alley you want, you know, for five bucks a month. Or, like, I think we're getting to a time in our society where everything is a monthly fee. Yeah. And it's like, if you're willing to pay this monthly fee, you can get as much as you want. And, uh, you know, I think that's where we're heading and MoviePass is making it possible. I mean, they're doing something I literally thought was impossible and they're, they're, they're looking like they might be able to make it work. And speaking of all that, let's talk about what's awesome this week. And, uh, starting out with, uh, one of the things I think is awesome is MoviePass. <laughs> like, uh, we alluded to it earlier. Me and my wife have used MoviePass for two months and, uh, we got it in December when the new Star Wars movie came out. Um, I couldn't remember how many movies I had used or used it for. And I love it, by the way. Uh, I thought I had watched four movies, but I looked at my history, and guess how many movies I've watched with Movie Pass? Two. You got to guess. Two. Exactly. <laughs> I've watched two. <laughs> like I've watched uh, Star Wars and the new Pitch Perfect, and so I think I'm at their exact target audience. I think that in my head, I thought I saw like 15 movies, but I only saw two, which means they didn't actually lose that much money on me. Uh, but uh, I will say their app, even though I love the service, it's really cool because it, it, one of the things I, I love um, is like for vacation, like a lot of times like we just want a down day. We just want something that do that's not that big of a deal. We're not spending a lot of money. We're just like, you know, just recharging. And like that was when we went to go see Pitch Perfect was on a down day. We just weren't doing anything. So we we're like it's a free movie. Let's go. Like it really makes it easy to go just see a movie and just, you know, have a good time. Like you'll take a chance on a movie that you would never take a chance on and you might love it. You know, it's really cool. Um, I, I definitely am going to keep, even though I've only seen two movies with it, I'm definitely going to keep it going for the time being until they close up shop because this business model is crazy. Uh, but uh, unless they can become our overlords in the movie industry. But I will say their app needs a lot of work on Android. It's kind of when I, it's weird. It has got weird glitches. But I will say whenever I hit buy a ticket and I swipe my debit card that they gave me, it works. So that's that's kind of... I haven't had any awkwardness where I'm like swiping. And they're like, "Oh, it's declined, sir," and like I had to walk away. And <laughs> so like that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, because like that's what you expect to happen. It's like it's a free service. Like you expect it to be like a pain in the butt to use, but it, it no, it's fine. Uh, but their app is a little buggy. But once you get it to work, it works. It's uh, it's awesome. I highly recommend Movie Pass. It's a sweet deal. Even if you only see one movie a month on average, like buy it and then see two. You know, yeah. enjoy yourself. So. It's kind of awesome. I've been considering getting it, but I'm not really 100% sure. You know, with three kids and stuff, it's just, it's so hard to get out and go see movies all the time. Yeah, dude. And I don't, we don't have kids yet, so that we've been enjoying ourselves. And uh, I'll be honest, YouTube's been cutting into my YouTube, or into my movie time, so a lot of my free time goes to that. But uh, I definitely enjoy seeing a good movie whenever uh, I have the chance. Oh, it's, yeah. In my head, it's free, so I end up spending more in concessions. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's pretty cool. Mike, you got something awesome this week you want to talk to us about? Um, so one of the things I really want to talk about that I came across was Light Cam. It's this it's this product that's on Indiegogo right now. You can look it up. Um, I'm not endorsing it. I don't know anything about the actual product itself. I just know what I've read about it, what they're promising. It sounds like a really neat product. Basically, it's like a smart light bulb that also has a camera in it, um, which seems really neat to me. So basically what you can do is you can take it and screw it into your outside light. And so now you have a smart light and you also have the camera there 
to watch over your front porch. And for me, I thought that was really cool because um, I recently bought a smart camera. I mean, a, yeah, a Wi-Fi camera for our house. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put it here in the living room so we can watch the living room, you know, when we're not home or when we're upstairs in bed. And my, my wife looked at me with this look on her face like that was the dumbest thing she ever heard. She's like, why wouldn't we want to watch the front door? And I'm like, we're just going to point at the front door? And she's like, no, like outside. And I was like, oh, well, this camera doesn't go outside. And she's like, well, that's a dumb camera that not so smart and so and, and i get her point because she wants to be able to see what's going on outside but the problem is is most products that you need to put a camera outside you have to do this big old installation process and run wires it can become a real hassle especially if you're in an environment where you live in an apartment and you can't necessarily just start drilling holes in brick walls and stuff so with this you just screw it in like a light bulb connect it to the app, I guess. And then you can turn on the light using the app. You can use the camera to record. Um, it's supposed to be weatherproof, it says. I, I don't know. It sounds like a really awesome product to me. I, whether this one works out or not, you know, we'll see. Um, but I definitely think it's a way forward um, for smart things in the, in the home. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really neat concept. And... I've seen those the lights that have like um, speakers in them. I always thought that was neat. I don't know if they sound good, but I always thought that was a neat concept to get all throughout your house. And and see, that's one of my concerns. I wonder how well the camera works. I mean, the light bulb, as long yeah. as it's got an LED in it, it should work fine. I mean, it, it may not be the nicest or whatever, but the camera is really key. How, how good of quality is it actually going to be? But if you're able to detect whether someone's breaking your house or stealing your package, are you really that concerned with how good the quality is or just that you were able to record the bad guy doing whatever they're doing? No, dude, I, I totally agree. That's really cool. I, I use an Arlo. I did a review of it. Um, and uh, actually, I didn't even tell you about this. Uh, Leslie called me. We, we were out of town this weekend. And she called me this morning when I was at work. And she's like, did you leave the door unlocked while we were gone? And I was like, I don't think so. I was like, I thought she looked at anyway. And then also when we came home last night, the light upstairs was on and I just thought, Oh, I must've left the light on. And then we're like, wait, the door's unlocked too. And then I was, I was like freaking out. I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I don't know what really happened, but like we have an Arlo in the living room and I was stupid and I disarmed it at some point and forgot to rearm it. So I have no idea. Someone could have been in my house <laughs> the past, over the weekend they didn't steal anything, so they must have just slept here and left. I don't smell anything. <laughs> but, uh... They're like, man, it's cold outside. I'm not sleeping outside tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I really thought about looking all throughout my house just to see if anyone's just hiding out or something, because they didn't want anything. There was literally, uh, like, a one of my, my T7i uh, right at the door, so they could have just grabbed it and ran. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anyone was in our house, but, like, I've been really paranoid. Now I want, like, more security cameras. That, that does seem like a cool one. Who knows if the, the camera quality is actually going to be good or if their app's going to be yeah. good. There's so much more to smart things these days. Like, it's not just about making a good camera or a good light nowadays. You have to actually integrate it well with everything else. Yeah. So, it's definitely crucial. All right. So, we want to end every podcast with questions from you guys. So, if you guys have any questions or comments, or you want personal advice, tech related, life on a, dating advice, just drop us an email. Uh, I'm going to set up an email at um, podcast at the search for awesome.co or is it? No, I think it's podcast at searchforawesome.co. Anyway, the link will be in the description if you want to leave us a, uh, an email. And um, 
or you can just comment below. Hey, this is Titus from the future breaking in and interrupting this podcast. I just wanted to tell you that I did figure out what the right email address was. That is podcast at thesearchforawesome.co, podcast at thesearchforawesome.co. Uh, it has a V in there. Uh, sorry to interrupt, and back to the podcast. So I found two, uh, actually three comments in my uh, comment section. First one, this is really cool, by the way. Like, I know a lot of people say, like, YouTube's really toxic and the comment section is, like, toxic. Uh, but I honestly very rarely have any toxicity in my comment section at all. This uh, Rich Brown uh, a few days ago said, just stop by to say congrats for going from 500 to 2,300 in three months. Wow. If you kept up, or if you kept up at that rate, you'll be closing in on 10,000 by year's end. Uh, it's really nice. Like people will leave that kind of stuff all the time. A lot of people say like things like, um, you know, I, I was shocked when I saw you had blank subscribers. It was just, man, people are just so nice. Uh, so thank you, Rich Brown for leaving that comment. This next one is a question that I literally get all the time because I made a video on the Canon T7i and I basically told people don't buy it by the little brother, the SL2. And basically, I get the same comment, bro, uh, this is B. Ryad, bro, uh, T7i or SL2, question mark. Um, and then also M.M. Ilias, I think. Which one is better, SL2 or T7i for YouTube and Funny Vines? Um, and I think I said it in the video, but maybe I didn't make it clear. I think that SL2 is a better deal. I really do. Uh, they both have the dual pixel autofocus system, which is really good autofocus. And the SL2 is cheaper and smaller. I know the T7i has got some features, like it's got the digital stabilization, which is nice. Where so basically it'll um, it'll kind of correct the footage and make it look not so shaky. Um, but that sometimes works okay, and sometimes it doesn't work that great. Sometimes I sometimes I even disable it because for whatever I'm using it for, it didn't do a good job. Um, I honestly think the SL2 is a better deal if you're just using it for video. Um, and uh, and he also said for funny vines. Uh, I did hear Vine is coming back. That'll be a good topic for the future. Yeah, definitely. Did you hear about that? Uh, I did not. But, but I don't think. You, but you can't use a can you can't use a real camera with Vine, can you? Do you know? I thought you could only use your phone. I thought it was kind of like Snapchat, where you had to use your phone to do it. That is exactly what I thought. I don't know, but anyway. So he's asking. I I, I say SL two for video. I'll, I, a lot of people in the comments disagree with me. They think the T seven is worth the extra cost, and they like the bigger size. But I think the SL two is plenty good. Well, and we've had this conversation several times, not about these specific cameras, but just in general, when it comes to getting equipment to make YouTube videos or make any kind of videos, whatever your whatever content you're trying to make, um, we get so caught up in getting the bigger, more expensive equipment, right? But it, more expensive doesn't necessarily mean it's so much better. A lot of times yeah. when you start getting into really expensive equipment, it's more refined mm -hmm. towards specific things that you may not need or know what to even do with yet. Start out small, work your way up. Don't necessarily uh, lean to jump to something really expensive just because you have the money, right? Because if you spend yeah. uh, $2,000 on a camera, but you're only getting so many subscribers and making $100 within the year, and that's the only thing you're using that camera for. I mean, you, that means you're going to spend, what, 10 years making your money back here? Like, I, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, unless you're using it for other things. So if you're using the equipment for specific stuff, you know, then, then advance it. I mean, trust me, this is coming from a guy that loves to buy things. 
I love to go and spend the extra money and buy everything I can. I'll buy it all if I could, but it's just, I don't know, save your money, buy the, the SL2 and use that and enjoy it. You'll love it. Yeah. And you're, you're talking to the guy who literally wants to buy a new camera like every month. I've bought like three cameras since I started YouTube and I've probably been fine with the first one. So learn from my mistake. It, I mean, you know, how much better to make my footage, who knows. Uh, but uh, I, I would say this, like, especially for cameras with interchangeable lenses, you know, save the money with the SL2 or, or like a cheaper camera and just get a nice lens. Use that savings to get a nice lens because the lens will make a bigger difference. Then there, there are like smarter ways, like kind of what you're saying. There are smarter ways to like use your money than just to get a nicer camera. Definitely. You know, like... Like I, I would take my G7, which is a cheap camera with a nice lens, versus the GH5, which is a camera that's four times or four times the cost with a crappy lens any day. It just looks better. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that's I think that's a much better use of your money than trying to get a few extra features that you may or may not use. Somebody also asked uh, M7 versus M5. Is the M7 worth the premium price jump? Does the M5 still have computerized 10 or 14 minute interval system, etc.? Given what you now know about the M7, still the one, or is the M7, wow, I think I'm totally butchering this question. Given what you now know, is the M7 still the one you would get, or would you get, or would the M5, would the M5 done as, man, I suck at reading. Would the M5 done as good of a job? He also asked, um, this is Diggy Daz, 2007, by the way. I don't think I said that. Uh, lastly, how are your results? Are you still using the machine? Now, if you don't know, I reviewed a, um, I don't know if you know, Mikey, but I reviewed an exercise machine, yeah. a Bowflex. I actually reviewed it. I reviewed the M5. My brother owned the M5, and I reviewed the M7, which is the one I bought after I used his M5 because I wanted to have a better one than he had. And um, so the M7 is like a more expensive version of the M5, and this is a way for me to be like, you, me. So, anyway, I, uh, we all, me and you talk about this all the time because you have an older brother too. And like, yeah. it's always it's a competition. It, ne- it always is. And most of the time, the older brothers want to make it in competition because yeah. they feel like they should be better. And they're not, they lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, uh, I would say, uh, the M5, which is the, is the middle version, is plenty good. My brother still uses it, he still loves it. Um, I would have bought the M5 if it were not for sibling rivalry and the fact that like I it's kind of a long story but it really didn't matter the price tag didn't matter because of the way I bought it it's a long story it's not they didn't give it to me or anything like that it's just a long story but uh that's why I went with the M7 is because I wanted to get the nicer one if it's the same price to me basically then just get the nicer one and it wasn't because of Bowflex or anything this was something that I did and you know, well to make to make sense of it you had funding that was specifically to use towards something yeah, like had, that and yeah i had some stuff yeah yeah you you had to use up that funding and so it made more sense to buy the more expensive equipment right yeah i, I don't want to jump into the weeds but yeah that's that's basically yeah. the gist and uh they say how are my results using the machine um i'm trying to get back into the routine <laughs> i've used it maybe twice in january <laughs> well, i still use it though like it's not just that like i haven't worked out it like ever since the holidays the holidays messed me up but i'm gonna try to get back into it soon i still love the machine highly recommend um it's just been hard to exercise but yeah go with the m5 heck even go with the m3 which is the cheapest one i've never used that one but honestly i've looked at like the innards and stuff like that and it from the videos i've seen like it, they don't look that different on the inside so 
And uh, you also asked, um, do they have the 14-minute interval system, which is like a 14-minute workout thing? They all do that. All of them do that. The M7 has more modes, but that is the main one. That's the only one I use, and it's the best one. Anyway, uh, so anyway, if you guys have a question, send it to uh, podcast at thesearchforawesome.co, or it might be podcast at searchforawesome.co. I don't remember what domain I registered um, because I'm a professional YouTuber. Uh, anyway, if you guys have questions or comments, let me know. My plans for the week on the Search for Awesome, I don't have a video dropping this week. I know my brother is going to give me some, my older brother is going to give me some crap about that. Uh, sorry, I have a day job. Uh, but I do have a comparison with a video coming up probably next week. It's um, the entry-level Jaybird Bluetooth headphones versus some kind of knockoff Bluetooth headphones that are like really popular on Amazon. And I just wanted to kind of see, like, how, considering the Jaybirds are much more expensive than the cheap ones, like, how, how's it different? And, um, and the results will surprise you. I'm just kidding. I don't want to do clickbaity stuff. But they probably will surprise you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> next week's podcast is going to feature a picture. Next week's podcast is going to feature uh, my trip to... <laughs> Uh, Universal Studios Orlando, they were doing the celebration of Harry Potter, which is like a convention for Harry Potter. I have like all kind of video clips and stuff like that. So if you're into Harry Potter, even a little bit, it's probably worth you guys checking in next week. And we'll talk about some news and stuff like that too. So thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any feedback for us, if you have any ideas or thoughts or, you know, tell us what you like, what you didn't like. Was it too long? Was there segments you'd like more information on? Would you want more segments? Just let me know. Uh, help us shape the show. We want to make this a show worth watching. And if you didn't like it for any particular reason, just let us know. Be nice because we are, have feelings. But I'm just kidding. I'm sure you'll be nice. Um, but yeah, uh, if you guys don't want to miss the next podcast, subscribe so you don't miss it. And uh, I guess you guys, we'll see you guys next time. You just listened to the audio version of the Search for Awesome podcast. There is a video version. Did you know? There was a video version of this podcast as well. You can find uh, on YouTube. You just type in the Search for Awesome on YouTube, and that houses all the video versions of the podcast. Also, there are some tech reviews and some other cool videos that I make on that channel as well. So if you want the video experience in the future, maybe you're like, you know what? Audio isn't doing it for me today. I want to see what's happening. You know, there's a video version too. So, and it's not just us, you know, looking at our face talking. Uh, well, actually, it is a lot of that. But uh, also, there's some dynamicness to it as well. There's some clips and stuff and that kind of stuff for you to watch as well. So, uh, we try to do a good job of making the video version a good experience. So, just check it out. Uh, the search for awesome on YouTube. And uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please consider just giving it a rating on whatever platform you're listening to it on, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to it. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for your time today. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, podcast at thesearchforawesome.co. Just send me a line, and uh, we'll probably talk about it on the show. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time.